Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Marketing and Communications Specialist at Buckland, and today I am speaking with our very special guest, Sarah McMillan. Sarah is the Customs Professional Education Coordinator at Buckland and holds her Certified Customs Specialist designation in Canada. Sarah trains our new operations employees and ensures that our team has the up-to-date information that they need to provide our customers with the best service. This is Sarah's second time on the Beyond Borders podcast. She was previously a guest on our episode regarding the Harmonized System that some of you may have remember. Welcome back to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you for having me once again. It's my pleasure. Sarah's joining me on the podcast today to talk about common trade terms and acronyms, as our industry is certainly full of very specific terminology. Sarah routinely does this with our new staff and is a great person to explain these terms to us today. And I know when I started at Buckland uh, about three years ago, I was definitely floored by all of the new terminology um, and some terms I'd heard before that maybe had different meaning within uh, this within the trade industry. So thank you for joining us today, as I know that you uh, you spend a lot of time helping our new employees learn all of this new information. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Not a problem. It is definitely an industry that relies heavily on a bunch of terms that may overlap in some areas and may not. So uh, for starters, let's look at the term customs brokers. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Customs brokers, they're licensed to carry out customs-related tasks on behalf of our clients. Uh, So that can be a broad scope of tasks, um, but we have to hold a license to be able to do that interaction with Canada Customs. And then there's the importers. Uh, They're the company that is paying for the goods when they're entering into whatever country they may be going to. Um, It's good to note that they don't necessarily have to be companies within that country. They can be located in a different country and still act as the importer on the shipment. Is that the non-resident importers? It is. Great. Okay. Then we have the consignee, so that is the company or location where the goods are ultimately delivered to, Mm. which may or may not be the same as the importer. Okay. The exporter is the company that the goods move from to start their journey into Canada. Okay. And then we have the vendor, which is the company that the goods are purchased from by the importer. Um, And they may or may not also be the exporter. Depends on how they're set up, whether they use warehousing instead. Great. And that gives us an excellent overview of all of the parties that can be involved in one of these transactions. Um, You know, you really think of it as just A to B, but there can be so many people involved. It's not just, you know say Jenny sending something to Sarah there can be a lot of parties involved when when it comes to international trade um, in terms of kind of I'll call it uh, regulatory bodies or uh, government involvement um, can you describe some of the different customs related organizations that would be involved 
Sure, let's start with uh, CBP. That's the Customs and Border Protection Agency. They're the US equivalent of CBSA. And CBSA is the Canadian Border Services Agency here in Canada. They're a federal agency that's responsible for border enforcement, immigration, and custom services. Um, in Canada, we also have the Canadian Society of Customs Brokers, and they're our professional society, um, which Buckland is a member of. In the US, they have the counterpart, which is NCBFAA, or the National Custom Brokers and Forwarders Association of America. Then there's also CRA, which is the Canadian Revenue Agency, and they're also a federal agency. They collect all the taxes and administrative fees um, for the Canadian government. And their U.S. counterpart is the IRS, or Internal Revenue Service, and they're a federal U.S. agency that does the same, collects all the taxes and the money that's associated with international trade. Great. As things were going on with the renegotiations of NAFTA, um, I was hearing about a lot of the different organizations kind of uh, represented at the table at that point. Um, and one of them was GAC when it comes to Canada's side. Can you tell me what that stands for? So GAC is Global Affairs Canada, and they're Canada's diplomatic and entity that um, takes care of relations with other countries um, to promote international trade, um, international development, humanitarian assistances. Um, they kind of cover a broad scope of areas. And they used to be called DFATE, um, D-F-A-T-D, but they now go by GAC or GAC. Definitely uh, a little bit easier to say. <laughs> Just a little. And you may have heard about um, what could be considered a counterpart here um, throughout those renegotiations. Uh, there was the United States Trade Representative and also kind of the State Department. So these would carry on similar functions to the Global Affairs Canada, um, but just phrased differently, every government kind of has their slightly different structure to how they handle these things. Um, another one is the WTO. Right, so they've definitely been making news lately, um, and that stands for the World Trade Organization. It's a global organization that deals with trade between different nations, and it currently consists of 164 member countries. Great. And then CBSA in Canada also has some other government departments, um, or OGDs, which are government agencies that control specific aspects of the importation of goods into Canada. So it includes um, agencies like Transport Canada and Natural Resources Canada. Whereas in the US, they tend to use the term PGA, or partner government agencies, um, which Canada is now migrating towards as well. Oh, so they'll be using that same term? Eventually, yes. Eventually, which yeah. makes sense. I mean, it's nice when we can have these terms be the same on either side of the border. It definitely makes it simpler. I know when I was learning all of these, I would figure out one and then realize it was different in another country back and forth. So it's nice if there is some movement to standardization. It definitely makes it easier for all of those us that are involved in that, for sure. Uh, so one of those other government departments in Canada is the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, or CFIA. They're a federal agency, and they regulate the imports of food, animals, plants, and any of their products. And then the equivalent in the U.S. for that would be the FDA, or the Food and Drug Administration. 
We also in Canada have NARCAN, which is Natural Resources Canada, and it's the agency which regulates the importation of anything that has to do with a natural resource, energy, minerals, metals, forest products, earth sciences, mapping. Um, they do stuff with remote sensing and anything that's related to that when it's entering into Canada. And then we have Environment Canada, or EC, um, and they regulate any of the goods that can have impacts on our environment. So when you think of chemicals, those kind of things is what they're looking at. So then an equivalent would probably be the EPA in the United States, the Environmental Protection Agency. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So they all deal with similar things. Excellent. Um, and then as well, there's two terms that I recall seeing a lot, and they were CTPAT and PIP. And I did not understand, but now I am understanding that one of these is American and one of these is Canadian. Can you explain what those two are? So CTPAT is Customs Trade Partnership Against Terrorism. It's a completely voluntary organization to be part of. Um, It's a joint government and business partnership, and it's meant to help the supply chain um, and border security. Um, So Buckland is a member of that. We are also a member of PIP, which stands for Partners in Protection. And it's a CBSA-run program that enlists private industries to enhance the border trade chain security um, and to make sure that we're considering when we're processing shipments, when their shipments are being received, all of that kind of thing, the impact on crime and terrorism and smuggling and those items. Great. Um, On a previous uh, podcast when we were talking about freight there was a couple of terms that were tossed around that I think are very relevant for this conversation as well because we hear those a lot Um, and they are LCL LTL um, and FCL FTL so there's four but they kind of go together can you explain those as well sure so the um, LCL and the LTL mean less than container container or less than truckload. Um, So it's when one, more than one importer of record um, has goods that are in a container or truck. Gotcha. Whereas the FCL and the FTL, it means that it's full of one importer's goods, whether it's a container or a truck. Right. So they've been able to fill an entire, say, ocean container with their goods, or they maybe just have one skid that's part of that entire container. Exactly. And they share um, trucking containers or trucks themselves to make it more economical for them shipping. Great. Um, The other two are, that kind of go together, are LVS and HVS. So LVS um, in Canada for customs coding is an F-type entry. Okay. Um, It's a low-value shipment, and there are goods that are coming into Canada with couriers. Um, So when we're talking about couriers, we're talking UPS, DHL, things like that. Um, And the goods are valued under $2,500 Canadian. And they're considered low risk. So at that point in time, there's nothing in them that's going to be a risk to Canadian businesses, that kind of thing. So they can release without a formal declaration at time of entrance. Okay. Whereas the HVS um, for customs coding, which is an AB entry, is a high value shipment. So it can still come in with a courier or it can come in air, ocean, truck, pipeline, rail car, any of those options. Um, and it's over the $2,500 Canadian. Okay. And they're higher risk goods. Oh, 
Okay. So that's when you don't want items flooding the market coming into Canada oh, or okay. you have chemicals that do need to be inspected by one of those other government agencies. Gotcha. Okay, we mentioned a little bit earlier we were talking about the parties involved when the renegotiations of NAFTA were happening. And, it, you know, when we're talking about free trade agreements, there are a lot of these different terms. So FTA, which I'll just kind of say that that's an easy one that I can handle. And it's FTA stands for free trade agreements. And it's any agreement between two or more countries, which reduces trade barriers and increases the trade of goods and services with each other. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple here. Um, the two main ones that we'll be talking about are NAFTA and USMCA. We've all been hearing a ton about these two. Uh, and then another example that's been in the news as well is CETA. Would you be able to explain those? Sure. CETA is the Canada-European Union Comprehensive Economic and Trade Agreement. Okay. Uh, it's something that came into partially into force anyways uh, last fall and they're still working on that coming fully into force with all goods um, but what that allows is for goods coming from Europe into Canada without um, tariff barriers so they are free to import in the fact that there's no additional duties and taxes on them. Gotcha. NAFTA, of course, is the one that we've been all talking about the last year. Um, so North American Free Trade Agreement. Um, it helps to facilitate free trade between Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. at the moment. And <laughs> it is, um, requires legal documentation when we handle that type of agreement. And it's can happen with any of those goods that are coming from those countries. Whereas when we are looking at the new agreement that's going to be coming in, the USMCA or United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, um, it's still in the process of being ratified at this point. It's taken the existing NAFTA, made changes to it, and adapted to make it more beneficial for all countries, updated okay. that. and. As that starts to be ratified and comes into final legal documentation, Buckland will be able to provide further information on that. Great. Yeah, that's one that we're definitely following very closely. Um, and if you want to make sure that you have the latest information about that, we do send out a newsletter um, to our customers every Wednesday. And anybody is welcome to sign up for our newsletter, whether you're a customer or not. Just visit our website. And at the bottom of any of the pages on our website, there's a spot to sign up for our newsletter. And we send out all of our latest uh, information, including whatever the latest podcast is. We release a new podcast every other week. And as well, we, we summarize all of the news that's happened in that past week in regards to trade. And that's where we're going to make sure that you have the most up-to-date information. So do check that out. Um, so we were talking about trade agreements. And now I'm wondering about talking about, there's, there's three terms I'm wondering about, e-manifest, ACE and ACI. I don't understand these. Can you help me with this? <laughs> For sure. They're, um, it's a newer process in the grand scheme of things okay. with CBSA. Um, they've brought it in in stages, so there still is additional work that will surround this product. But e-manifest is an electronic manifest, which is presented to CBSA, either by the carrier or a representative, before our entries are submitted. And it's a matching process so okay. that the information they've provided is then matched against what the brokers or related parties provide to make sure that it's matching. 
Gotcha. Um, so, and it just kind of steps up that level of security again and is another checkpoint. So with that, we have the AC, or ACE, um, which is the automated commercial environment. Um, and then we have the ACI, which is the advanced commercial information, um, which is for air carriers and um, marine carriers oh, okay. that they do their imports on. Great. Now, AMPS. AMPS is one that usually puts a bit of a cold shiver up people's backs. Can you explain why? Yeah, that's the Administrative Monetary Penalty System is what AMPS stands for. Uh, So it's CBSA's way of assessing penalties when information that's been provided is non-compliant. Okay. Uh, so meaning that we haven't followed customs uh, legislation, regulatory information or program requirements when we've submitted it, um, it or you know something's been missed when you've been submitting yes. all of those little tiny details. Um, it gives them a way of making sure that there's something attached to that so that you don't want to do yes. it again. <laughs> and that's definitely a benefit of working with a good broker is they're going to know all of these rules to really help you avoid those penalties. Yes. Okay, BN. BN is business number, so it's um, a specific set of numbers that identifies the importer to CBSA. Okay, Uh, this is one I've heard quite a bit, BOL. Uh, Bill of lading is what BOL is. Um, It's a document that's prepared by the carrier and it details all of the information about the goods that they've picked up from the exporter that they're going to be transporting. Great, CCI. So CCI is the Canadian Customs Invoice. Um, It's our preferred method of documentation for goods entering into Canada, but as long as the information that is required is on your documents, it does not have to be in that format. Okay. And we do have Buckland copies available of those. Okay, and those are on our website. Um, If you are on our website and you go to the form section, a lot of these Uh, forms and documents that we're talking about, they are there and available for download uh, for Canadian and the U.S. and Mexico as well. Um, Is there an equivalent for the CCI that we would be talking about for the U.S.? That's the Proforma invoice. Proforma, okay. Um, It is the required layout for the presentation for documents when you're going into the U.S. by CBP. Um, They are definitely more stringent on meeting those requirements than CBSA is. Okay. So what about, so I've heard CCI, but I've also heard CI. Are those the same thing or are they different? They are different. Okay. Uh, CI is a commercial invoice. Um, so those are the standard layout that any vendor uses for their commodities. It can okay. be in several different formats um, as long as it has all of that information. Okay, so you, it can be used in place of a CCI, but you have to be sure that it covers off all of those fields that a CCI would have. Exactly. Got it. Great. Okay. COO. So this is also can be labeled as C slash O. Okay. It stands for country of origin. Ah. Um, but it could also mean certificate of origin. So oh, this is okay. <laughs> where we get one of those mixed terms. Okay. Um, it's indicating the country from which the goods are produced. And the document that shows that is the certificate of origin. Gotcha. 
And that's something that we definitely, it's, I, I know even when I've been sending things across the border, for, for example, for trade shows, it's very important to know those countries of origin for all those goods that you're sending across. Yes. Yes. Um, EDI. Is the electronic data exchange, and it's a method through which information can be sent electronically. Great. Um, Buckland does this with both CBSA and with clients. Okay. So it's something to help us transmit data. And I mean, the great thing about EDI, and it's so widely used now, is it's really reducing a lot of those manual errors that can happen as well. And the more that we move to this, the more expedient things are for sure. Yes. Uh, excise duty and tax. So excise duty is levied against goods that are considered to be luxury items. Okay. So when we think of those, um, there's things that definitely this is levied against that we no longer think of as luxuries, like okay. air conditioning. Oh, okay. If a vehicle is imported and it has air conditioning on it, it has an extra tax levied against it wow. um, that you have to pay for your air conditioning. Okay. Fair enough. SEMA. Mm -hmm. uh, so SEMA is definitely one we've been hearing a lot about lately as well. Uh, it's Special Import Measures Act, and it's the act that helps protect Canadian industries against material injuries caused by dumping and subsidizing of goods ah. to make them at a lower value. Right. So that... I don't know what we were talking about earlier about making sure you're prote protecting your economy from foreign goods. Exactly. Throwing things off. Okay, so another one I hear, and I, you know, I sit within the sales department, and I hear... Uh, people talking about a GAA, and I know that that's part of kind of getting things going when you start with a customs broker. What does that stand for? So the GAA is a general agency agreement. Um, it's a legal document that Buckland needs to act on behalf of uh, an importer as their customs broker, and we have to have those documents fully signed before we can do any actions for them. Great. Um, GST. That's one I'm familiar with. Yeah, so this is what tends to be a term that a lot of people are more familiar with because it hits our day-to-day -day lives as well. Uh, it's a good and service tax. Um, it's a federal tax here in Canada, so it's 5%, um, and it applies to most goods and services that are imported into Canada. All right, here's another one. And we talked about, when we talked last time about the HS system, I think it's worth recapping um, because the term HS is something that you frequently hear in this industry, um, as well as HTS. So can you give us a, a recap? And if anybody wants a lot more information about this topic, listen to an earlier episode of the podcast where we really get into this in, in some real depth. So HS codes can also be called tariffs. They can be called classifications. Um, they are something that has been developed by the World Trade Organization. It's a numerical coding system. It's called the Harmonized Commodity Description and Coding System. And the basic part of that is a six-digit code, which is used by all of the World Trade Organization member countries. Right. And it classifies or describes what the goods are. In Canada and the U.S., we both use a 10-digit system. And those 10 digits help us get more specific in our description. Great. And so one of them, HS, HS is one and HTS is the other. Which one's Canadian, which one's US? HS is Canadian, HTS is US. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then similar, we had just talked about GST. 
HST is obviously another tax, the harmonized sales tax. And what's that a combination of? It's a combination of the GST amount plus a provincial or territorial tax in Canada for the participating provinces and territories. So not all provinces and territories levy this tax. Gotcha. And I know that this is one that um, when we were talking about this uh, as we were preparing for this conversation, um, we were talking about that there was no equivalent, say, to the GST for the U.S., because there is no federal sales tax in the U.S. That's just in Canada, correct? Yes. Okay, great. Um, in bond. In bond is the act of bringing goods to a warehouse for clearance instead of clearing them directly at the port of entry. Oh, okay. And why would you do that? Could be a variety of reasons. Um, sometimes importers do that so that they can bring goods out slowly and pay oh. for them as they use them. Oh, okay. Sometimes it's just they need additional documentation and don't have it as the goods are moving into the country. So it can just be held there in bond. Until it's ready for gotcha. clearance. And sometimes it's just a, we need to get this moving really quickly. We know that the broker is not going to have time to complete this before we get there. So let's make this decision. Absolutely. Um, so we talked about importer as we got started, but another term is importer of record. What is that? So IOR, or importer of record, is the business which is responsible for all of the charges associated with an import into Canada. Okay. And we did mention non-resident importers, but would you mind defining that? So NRI, or non-resident importers, they are the importer of records that aren't in the country with which the goods are moving into. Okay, gotcha. And we do have a podcast and a webinar on that topic as well, if you're interested in more information about that, um, as well as a learning guide. So please feel free to check out the learning section of our website if you are interested in learning more about non-resident importers. Um, another uh, term that I'm curious about is PARs and PAPs. I've heard those two terms. And am I correct that one is Canadian and one is US? Yes. Okay. So PARs are for entries that are coming into Canada. Okay. It stands for pre-arrival release system. And it's the method through which they're accounted for. It's a number that's assigned by the trucking company, which is unique to the individual shipment. Okay. And they use that to identify themselves with customs. Okay. Whereas PAPS is the U.S. version of a similar type of uh, signed number. Okay. Once again, from the trucking company. Gotcha. Okay. So those PARS and PAPS, those, um, they have numbers assigned, which you just mentioned. Yes. And it's those that we use for tracking? Yes. So we apply, in Canada, we apply two different um, numbers. We apply the PARS number for to identify the trucking company and their unique number, and then we provide a transaction number which identifies it as a Buckland shipment with our unique number. Gotcha. Great. Okay. So POA. POA is for power of attorney. It is also a legal document and it provides the custom broker with the ability to transact with CBSA on behalf of their clients. It's the similar document to the GAA. Right, okay, yes. great. RIV. RIV is a registered vehicle import form. Um, when cars, motorcycles, anything that is licensed to be on the road in Canada, okay. 
they have to fill out this documentation while they're coming in and then they use that to register with their local ministry of transport great um something else we've been hearing about is the single window initiative so that's swi yes (laughs) that's uh will be coming fully into force. The current date that we have for it is April of 2019. And that's been pushed back a couple times? It has been uh, for a variety of reasons, but to allow customs and the individual brokers and importers to make sure that their systems are providing the correct information to each other. So what it is, is it's a way of processing shipments where everything documentation wise goes with the initial electronic submission right whereas at the moment we submit the electronic submission we have to fax or email or send our documents in a different method to get them there this allows it to all go at one time makes a lot more sense and i understand there's similar um, processes happening in mexico uh, and in the United States as well, as everybody moves to really streamline these processes. It allows visibility for all parties involved, which yeah. makes it a much better process. And especially when it comes to connecting those other um, PGAs or OGDs, as we'll, as we'll say, that's definitely streamlines things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is UOM. Is that unit of measure? Yes. Okay. So and where would someone see that? Um, normally, actually, that one's on the bill of lading. Okay. A lot of the time. So it's the measurement um, that is used to define the amount of goods that are coming into Canada. So we we see it in a variety, or into the U.S. or Mexico, um, we see it in a variety of different places. It can be anything from the weight to how many packages they have. It defines all of those different areas as to how much of those goods that we have. Great. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I now feel confident that if I heard a sentence like, what's the UOM on the BOL, track it with your PARS, that I would be able to, uh, to decode and know what this means. So thank you very much. Um, if someone is listening and they are curious about any of these, how can Buckland help? If you want clarification on any of the terms we've talked about or any other terms that might pop up when you're importing, feel free to reach out to us um, to our sales and service group at csagroup@buckland.com. Um, we have the common list of acronyms and trade terms in a learning guide available on our website for you to download. If there's something that's not on there and you need more information, just you know, get a hold of us. Great. Yeah, and I would encourage everyone to check out that learning section of the website because, you know, a printed version of a lot of what we're talking about here is available for you so you can have that and refer to it if needed and feel free to share with your colleagues. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about all of these terms. Um, I know for me this helped me clarify a lot of this and, uh, and I'm sure it will be for our listeners as well. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our guest, Sarah, for joining us and for sharing your expertise. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, check out buckling.com and click the learning section across the top of the website. Here you will find a range of resources, including learning guides, webinars, and podcasts. Our downloadable learning guides include Incoterms charts, NAFTA contingency planning checklists, common trade terminology, and many, many more. 
We also host live monthly webinars that we invite you to sign up for online to secure your spot for an informative presentation followed by a live Q&A session. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a weekly newsletter every single Wednesday containing our latest resources as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us through our website's contact us page, through Twitter where our handle is at Buckland Tweets, or on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.